I've always had mixed feelings about harvest festivals. On the one hand, there are things to enjoy. The decorations in the churches, with the customary appearance of fruit and vegetables and autumn foliage, and the discovery when seen one parked on the ledge of a window or in front of the altar, that someone has finally found a use for a marrow. I value the sense which goes with harvest of the bounty of God and of the goodness of the created order. You will sense, however, the coming but. But to be honest, celebrating harvest as a one-off event in the autumn is fraught with paradox. Although I was trained in country parishes in Suffolk, I spent a substantial part of my ministry in Newcastle-upon-Tyne. It was a suburban parish among the cut glass and tennis balls on the set, set on the edge of the city. And I confess that the church merely felt some kind of obligation to do something about harvest. Typically, the olds brought in their turnips or tins of sweet corn, which had to be disposed of, usually by taking parcels out to what we hoped were the needy elderly people in the middle of the parish. Usually it wasn't clear whether the recipients or the donors were more embarrassed as we foisted a box of carrots on them and gingerly ignored the Mercedes parked in the drive. We sang hymns about ploughing the fields, though a few of us knew one end of a plough from another. We prayed about bringing in the harvest, though there was no agriculture anywhere in the parish and the real harvest most of us brought home was the money that employers periodically transferred into our bank accounts. So it was, and still is, tempting to use the Bible readings for harvest as a metaphor or the setting for a parable, such as Jesus telling the disciples that the fields are ripe for harvest, by which he's not talking about the landscape, but telling them that there is work to be done in communicating the purposes of God. With the celebration of harvest at every turn, I have a sense of a church desperate to make something of what it feels obliged to do, but not ever quite succeeding in making any real sense of it. Although for all that, there is much worthy ensuing activity. Harvest is one of the busiest times of the year in the church's calendar. The thing is, of course, that Harvest Festival, like much else in our concept of religion and society, is essentially the product of the Victorians. The church's books of common prayer before the 20th century made no provision for harvest, in a fundamentally agricultural economy where harvest meant prosperity and survival, the relationship between faith and the natural world was addressed in other ways through the church's and society's natural rhythms of the year. What went at the Reformation with the loss of Plough Sunday, Rogation and Lammas was a sense that our dependency on God's blessings was to be acknowledged throughout the year and not packaged into one day in the autumn. When the overwhelming forces of the agricultural and industrial revolutions transformed England forever, from the 19th century churches took to harvest celebrations, and just when agriculture was becoming irrelevant to most people's daily life, the church started to emphasise it. This is all so typically Victorian. So I imagine that, even in Victorian times, harvest celebrations were already deeply nostalgic occasions. The Victorians sentimentalised the past, which was irrevocably being lost. 
the Gothic revival in architecture, the dwelling on chivalry and on Arthurian, Arthurian themes of writers like Tennyson, the arts and crafts movement of William Morris, the Catholic revival in the Church of England, all these were among many symptoms of nostalgia, a romanticising of the past, and to some extent a fleeing from harsh present realities, from the urban squalor and commercial aggressiveness which were the actual face of most of Victorian Britain. It is understandable to seek comfort in the picture of a world in which rosy-cheeked and besmocked villagers pour out of their rose-entwined cottages to gather in the sheaves and to celebrate together whilst thanking God. The comfort lies in the fantasy. But that, of course, is the main problem. There might be comfort available through religion, and perhaps even should be, but not, I think, by ignoring and escaping from the facts of life. Jesus said that his followers would be led into all truth. He offered healing and resurrection, not an aesthetic and delusion. We will not find God by fleeing from the uncomfortable or the unpalatable, any more than Jonah could avoid the task God set him by running away. It is the truth and the service of God which sets us free. So Harvest Festival is frankly a bit odd. It can as easily take us in wrong directions as it can in right ones, in which, of course, it is no different from everything else in life. Confusion arising out of mixed motives with potential for good or bad. There are lots of instincts in this incoherent mess of harvest which are good, and so I'd like to leave just a few of these with you. When we hear the word harvest, we should think of the natural world and remember God as creator. We should remember our own vulnerability and our dependence on the basics of food and drink. And we should remember all this and remember that this dependence is mutual. We should remember and give thanks. The land, the food, the people, these are God's creation. These are his gifts and the fields for his activity. We are invited to share the gifts and the task. And therefore for these and all his other mercies, we say, thanks be to God. <laughs> 